ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors on this Friday edition of the show. It is a Joey Football Friday. Steve and I go here. Joey Football is back. I'm back. First appearance of the week. He got bumped for Cliff Goblin. So how does it feel to be back? Hey, I mean, if I donate 200k back into ECU, do I also bump Cliff Godwin? Is the real question. You do. You do. Okay. So as soon as there's we, the going rate, people. If you want to bump me off the airwaves, 200k donation to the Boneyard Collective. It's right there. As soon as that payment cashes, uh, we'll see if the check uh, actually <laughs> oh, goes God. through. We'll uh, we'll let you know, and you can you can make as many you can host the show. I'll take a step back, and uh, we'll let you host the show. Philip Pilkington, as long as you don't cuss, because you can't be getting me fired. That no, is our one rule. That is host true. Got to gotta keep Philip's job. That is the voice of Philip Pilkington, who I was just about to introduce. Uh, Philip, how you doing, man? Good. Sorry about my uh, premature comment. We're already off the before rails. I was introduced, well, it's, but it's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Free man. ball Friday. I can do what I want. We are, uh, it works. I'm kind of stalling here because I'm trying to send a tweet out. I always tweet out when we start the show, you know, to get viewers on. And um, I can't tweet from my computer. First off, my my regular computer is not working. I was about to say, this, this, this is, is my wife's computer, which is why it's so bright. I was loving the color scheme. I was about to ask, is this the, the new Steven Igo? Yeah, I'm big on uh, this. I don't even know what this is. Like you got I, I in a bluish. t-shirt. He's got like this I am nice rocking a, the teal sky blue almost. Might be more of like an aquamarine to those of you who are initiated to that type of color scheme. Looks. Did you get a haircut? I did. So got a haircut there, this from is a whole new Steven Igo. It's a new, it's a new era, man. By God, I mean, you leave for a week, Joe. You don't come on the show, and I've got a new computer, new haircut, hey, new style, uh, new cell was, phone too. New, yeah, cell, new phone cell phone that I, I'm trying to tweet from. Really moved up in the world. All of a sudden, I'm gone for like four days. Get bumped for fake bunts and cliff ball. You just never know. Everything what's changes. Happen. Hey, last Friday you did it to yourself. We don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's true. That is true. So this is your first in studio appearance in a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so guys, we got ECU Navy to talk about, which is important, but we have even more important things to talk about, at least in my opinion, because we saw at least John Gilbert, the ECU Director of Athletics, send out a a long email yesterday from the helm to several Pirate Club members, fans, etc. You can go online, you can read it if you didn't see the email. There's several Twitter Twitter accounts. Uh, I know Pack the Jungle, ECU Jungle, has uh, tweeted it. And basically just kind of challenging East Carolina fans to get to NIL. This is a crucial period and time period where you're about to have the December transfer portal come up and players are going to you know, get the opportunity to go elsewhere from programs across the country and also teams want to acquire talent. So there is a major push. We've had Doug Gomes from Team Boneyard on the show. The last few or uh, the last week, we've had Hank Hinton on in the past from Team Boneyard as well here from Interbanks Media. So it's a crucial time, Joe. And uh, I've got some updated numbers we'll run through here in a minute. But I know you're a former player. You know yeah. how important this is. I mean, take us inside the locker room. Like, how often is this stuff getting discussed when you know you're in that locker room right now as a player? It's it's not as much as you anticipate people like discussing it within the locker room, but you do 
you hear rumblings. You're like, okay, this guy got this deal. This guy got that deal. Like, why Why is this guy getting more? This guy hasn't produced yet. And all these different things. And it can kind of cause a little bit of leakage, so to speak, as far as buying into the rat poison and letting it affect you. But I also have to point out to the people of the surrounding Pitt County, New Bern, Washington area, everybody who's listening to this great, great show. If you don't pay them, someone else will. And that's the thing that people are always like, oh, is NIL that big a deal? And Stephen, why why are we covering this much? Like, why do people care about paying the athletes? They shouldn't have been paid in the first place. You've opened Pandora's box, yada, yada, yada. If you don't pay them, someone else will. Antoine Jackson is a 17-year-old freshman right now. He's got all these great opportunities lined up. He's a four-star recruit. He could have gone to Miami. He's here. Somebody's going to throw a lot of money at that man. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what school it's going to be. I don't want to insinuate. I don't want to say anything for Antoine or speak on his behalf because that's not my place. But I'm telling you, somebody will throw some money at that man. And this is where NIL comes in. Do you want to retain him? Do you want to go out and try and upgrade your offensive line with all these different transfers? Do you want to go get somebody who was at a smaller school and is looking to make that big step up, but other schools are kind of vying for him and fighting for him? We're in free agency now. That's that's what this is. And, you know, unfortunately, guys, you can't really sign them to more than, you know, you, you don't have a more than a year contract. So right. each December, you've got the opportunity to kind of look around. And this mm-hmm. is the reality. And so ECU needs to have a good NIL base to retain talent. Siobhan Revel, another guy. Yeah. And we saw last year, two offensive linemen. It, you know, there's cases maybe if guys really want to leave, there's not a way for ECU to retain uh, then maybe if, if they're really seeking a giant payday, but you at least got to have something yeah, uh, to be competitive. And so I think that's the biggest thing. I agree. I think it's not – and you look at the crazy deals, and Nico, I can't pronounce his last name, the quarterback from oh, yeah. Tennessee is getting Tennessee $8 million. Dollars, but these also can't be pay-to-play deals. Yeah, he's not even starting. These aren't pay-to-play deals, and I need to preface that also. Is by NCAA rule, it cannot be pay-to-play. You have to pay them based on their name, image, and likeness. It cannot be performance-based. There's no incentives for them performing well. There's no you can get $100 here because you threw a touchdown or caught a touchdown. That's that's illegal. So you're truly trying to sell the university and the experience and what they could do on the field for the person that they are. And that's also where it gets kind of wish-washy and mixed up because people think you're just paying players to play. You can't do that. You have to pay them for appearances, for their name, image, and likeness, for all these different things that kind of play into that, and then you're hoping they pan out the same way playing-wise. Right, so I was talking with a couple of uh, sources from Team Boneyard this morning, and after John Gilbert's letter, there's been a big surge in, in major donations, and I uh, was talking to, to Hank Hinton. He said, you know, with the Team Boneyard email was essentially blowing up right now with monthly donations, you know, 10 20 50 $100 a month donations. So he's got to go through and, and calculate all that, uh, but that's great news. Continue, you know, teamboneyard.org, help uh, fund this uh, initiative from Team Boneyard as that money will go all to the players uh, at East Carolina. Uh, but there's also been several other major donations. Bill Clark Holmes, $200,000 has been pledged to, to Team Boneyard to, again, kind of lead the way. They gave 100000 last year. They're giving two hundred this year, uh, $100,000 from Sean and Andrea Smith from Charlotte, $60,000 from Bagelman, which will go to the football team, $25,000 from Interbanks Media here. They, they, they are donating that to the collective, $25,000 from Glenn Hall. Uh, from National Finance Company. We saw Subdogs tweet. They're giving $10,000. Uh, Our own Anson Belt. Anson Belt and Buckle has matched that with $10,000. Uh, 
the board, by the way, Anson Belt and Buckle, they represent the Team Boneyard board, as does Interbanks Media with Hank. Uh, you've got several members of that board stepping up. For example, Woody and Jennifer Tyner. Woody's on the board. They've given $10,000 KDL Construction, which is involved with Doug Gomes. They've given $10,000. 20000 from an anonymous donor to the basketball team, 10000 from Eastern Property Management and Home Builder Supply Company, and 10000 from Dogwood State Bank. So those are kind of your, your big donations here in the, the last number of days with this big push. There's also more like uh, you know that's, that's happening. The company has reached out wanting to, to work specifically with a few baseball players, and that's going to be worked out with Team Boneyard. So, Joe, that's about, if you do the calculation. Yeah, I was about to say, that's on you. Pushing uh, five hundred thousand dollars, yeah, in uh, money raised, and that's not you know calculating all the monthly, yeah, anything left over from last year as well. Donations, yeah. so big push there, and I think that says a lot. And, and there's more that that want to give and are working out kind of what they're going to give, and I think some even bigger donors as well trying to figure things out. But that's that's awesome to see. It's it's great to see, and that shows the excitement behind. Pirate Nation and, and football itself, never mind just the things basketball is doing. You know, it was a close loss to USC Upstate, but they're building the same way. And baseball is always, always overperforming what we're anticipating from them and are surprising even if they go on like some little dull run, all of a sudden, oh, they're fighting, they should be hosting. And, and we look at this back again, and it's like repeating itself. So it's great to see Pirate Nation just sticking behind and wanting to pay players and, and do right by them and kind of create that kind of culture and atmosphere where people are buying in as well as the fans buying in. And if you're a local business, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it just makes so much sense. To, and I was talking to Brett Laverio from Subdogs last night, and, you know, it's not easy for him to give $10,000, even as, no, as yeah. great a business as they have. But he's like, man, every time ECU wins, you know, it helps our business that mm-hmm. much more. Every game, you know, every, the bigger the game, the better his business is <laughs> yeah. going to be. So he's like, yeah, it, it, it's not easy to give $10,000, but this this place means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. He wants to see it succeed. And if you're a local business, you don't have to give $10,000, but at least give something to this program. To You know, there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of NIL, Joe, but we said it. If, if, if you're not paying, paying them, somebody, somebody else is. So you got to have the funds to pay them. This is awesome. Uh, again, Team Boneyard, follow their social media. I've gotten a lot of questions about, hey, what businesses are giving so I can you know go out and support them. So we just kind of listed off the, some, some primary ones there. But Team Boneyard will go through and they'll tweet and tag each business as well. Again, Pirates supporting Pirates. I uh, can't thank all these people, all these businesses enough for getting behind the the collective. And we'll continue to keep you updated on that number. We talked to Doug, and he said, you know, really the goal was probably a million to a million and a half. And, you know, basically a third of the way there Yeah. after a few days, if you, you know, with this big push. And they've had multiple Zoom calls with Team Boneyard major donors over the last few weeks. And I think, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have a really real shot to hit that goal going forward. So we'll keep you updated there. All right, switching gears, East Carolina <laughs> and Navy. Navy, speaking of NIO, cannot do anything. No, with NIO, they are they are employees, federal employees. It's uh, it's crazy, man, mm-hmm. and you know, it's why they have to run the option, why they have to do some different things. Yeah, because you're not getting the four star recruit you want. You're not. It's just a unique, unique system. And mm-hmm. Navy Week, Joe, what is Navy Week all about? Yeah. In this program. <laughs> So I I need to set the stage here for the good people listening. Navy week is the most intense week of practice of your entire life. Mike Houston walks into the meeting room on Tuesday. Usually it's a David Goggins, uh, Nick Saban quote. Not Navy week. 
Navy Weekly is just playing Anchors Away. That is all you will hear for the entirety of the week in the facility. Anchors away, anchors away, anchors away. You're in between meeting rooms, anchors away. You get out of meeting rooms, anchors away. You go to get taped, anchors away. You know what's what's ahead of you. The coaches like to call it the you-know-what offense because they're telling you we're better than you. You know what's coming. Stop it. And, yeah, this is a different Navy team. We'll get into this. You've probably seen 14 different formations from them this year, which is the most I can ever think of, even between all their trick plays and all those things when they'd run it in America's game. So this is a different different Navy team than we were kind of expecting. But this is the week that you are just intensely chop block, chop block, chop block. And you don't chop block in practice, but they're telling you if you don't run, you're going to get chop blocked. You're going to get taken off. You're going to get kind of taking off your feet, especially at corner with the way they run the veer and they bring this wide back around and all these different things. The intensity is so much higher than any other week. And especially when you get into these types of games, like two years ago when we played them going in for their senior night also, the intensity of it being like the second to last week of the year just amplifies it so much more because you've been building up to this and anticipating it. So Navy week here and the team will fly to Annapolis today. And I always get that question, hey, why fly when you can drive? It's just you know a lot of traffic, and I guess so, yeah, much better experience flying. Definitely a better experience flying charter. Um, the bus is fine, but it is four hours in the bus ride, and you're trying to corral all these different things. And four buses to one plane is usually, I mean, I don't, want, I don't know if it's cost-effective, but it does make more sense logistically between all the people and staff and support and families and all that and then an hour flight is three more hours you have for preparation or downtime or meals or meetings and your schedule feels a little less rushed especially with a 12 o'clock kick like theirs is and then trying to get from where you stay into annapolis through the military base is its own kind of set of problems i did not make the charter flight so i have to get up at 5 30 a.m and drive uh and i'm driving back tomorrow night so it's gonna be a long day Pirates need a W to make, make it work. Make drive. He's an intern. That is true. I need to make and drive. I Poor probably Kaysen. will. I need some sleep because my uh, my seven-month-old daughter has been waking up at 4 a.m. to uh, to to eat. To get and you fired up. I guess I'll just go ahead and wake up at that time <laughs> and just roll and get packed. Maybe get a workout in and do something. Uh, Christian Bateman says, what times does the team's flight leave? He says, league road day. I'm guessing he means leave today. Uh, Do we know see. what it's is it usually early game. afternoon? Yeah, it's usually noon, noon or one. Okay, so if you yeah, want to go meet them at the airport, Christian, now. yeah, probably right about. They're now. listening to us on their drive to the airport. Probably. What's up, guys? Nil money <laughs> may be coming your way. Um, so. We'll get into this. We're going to make our game picks here on the other side, and we're going to do ECU and Navy with that, Joe. But how weird is it that Navy is running some like shotgun stuff now? I was watching some tape, and I'm completely thrown off. I mean, 14 different formations. They're in true gun. They've run some twin sets, some trip sets. They're lining up in a a pro set and not in the uh, wishbone, as they like to call it, or the nasty set, as defense would refer to it. It's throwing me off, and they're on their fourth-string quarterback now. Three of them are nursing injuries. The starter who was supposed to come in in the beginning of the year came back against North Texas late in the game but didn't start it. I mean, they're just kind of falling through and pushing through a whole season. That's the Navy way. But this is a very different Navy team. This is not wishbone, 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 nasty set, fake pass. This is, okay, we're going to drop back and gun and force you to play everything at once, and I think that's what's kind of made them so – unique this year and that's why they gave charlotte so much trouble they gave 
Memphis a ton of trouble. They gave UAB a ton of trouble, and that's kind of what they do. So going into this game, you've got as much familiarity on both sides as probably any game ECU will play. Blake Carroll fought Brian Newberry, Navy's head coach, yeah. to Kennesaw State and, uh, when, when he was leaving Kennesaw to go to Navy, but they crossed paths, shared some notes, mm-hmm. run similar defenses. You have the OC at Navy now. He was the OC at Kennesaw State when Blake Carroll was the DC at Kennesaw State, so they went against each other in practice. They know each other. You've got Mike Houston used to run the triple option. You've got coaches on Navy staff that used to be Lenore Ryan <laughs> yeah. with Mike Houston and Blake Carroll. So, like, there is so much crossover in this game. How much of that will play – will we see play out on the field Saturday? It it depends. And I say that more of which coach wants to go the farthest. Do you want to go all the way back to a Lenore Ryan set that they liked when they ran this part of the triple option? Do you want to go to the Mike Houston days when he was at Citadel and they ran this certain wide back play with the veer? It depends on how deep the GAs are digging. That's the unsung hero right now this week is the GAs. They're going back through Navy from five years ago, Kennesaw State from 10 years ago, anything they could possibly find that could show up again as another set. And that's that's what Navy Week is. It's like how far can you dig and find a way to beat them at their own game? So the familiarity will definitely play a part, but I also think both coaches are so far in each other's heads, so to speak, that they won't try and outdo one another because they know there's an answer. So I think it might just be one of those games where you truly do see some vanilla sets and then some crazy shifts third or fourth quarter. Yeah, a lot of it's going to come down to simple execution on the field. I mean, I think these coaches know each other so well. There might be a wrinkle or two, but a lot of it will be execution-based. All right, let's get our first break in. We'll come back. We'll make college picks on the other side. I was uh, great at college picks last week, so we'll just talk about that and not mention the NFL outside of the Denver Broncos uh, go Broncos, go to Kwame McMillan. And uh, we may talk about that for the end of the show, but college picks on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, welcome back into the show. We were, we were talking to NIL earlier, so I'm diving into all the players that left ECU last year, seeing how they're performing at their next stop. And uh, mixed results, show Yeah. For some of these guys. Mixed, mixed like, bag. You know, Nashad Strother, Avery Jones, Malik Fleming. They're, you know, Nashad got hurt, which is a yeah. big reason why he's not playing at Oregon. But he's only, only played, played 24 snaps, I think. Yeah, 24 offensive snaps this yeah. season. But he's getting paid. Hey. <laughs> he is. Because uh, if you don't pay him, I go. Somebody else Someone will. else will. Uh, Malik Fleming playing a lot. His... Pro football focus grade. He does have three picks, but he's allowed five touchdowns, according to PFF. Up and down year. Uh, Avery Jones grading out about the same at Auburn. And uh, Jaira Wilson has had a solid year, playing a lot for UCF. His, yeah. his grade overall has dropped a little bit, according to PFF. He's in an interesting situation, though, because they've kind of rotated him from free safety to strong safety right. a couple times. He played like outside an invert almost in, in their scheme a couple games. He's... He's like moving around a lot, so it's hard to get a true read on him. And that's why it's tough, you know, as you go in with a guy with one year left to a new program, yeah. you got to learn on the fly, so mm-hmm. it's not easy. You got to be versatile. So we'll have an article after the season on HTC, kind of looking at all that. But again, teamboneyard.org, major donations. And if you missed it early in the show, approaching $500,000 over the last few days. So the push is real. We'll keep you updated there. 
right, guys, it is time for our picks. Last week in college football, yours truly went 4-1 and one in college picks. My only loss was East Carolina. Yeah. I had the FAU Owls. It's okay. And uh, you went 2-3 and three in college. and With Phil- a push, though. Philip went 2-3. Was there a push? No, the push was, push in, the was in the league. You went three, one and one in the league. Ah, I remember what my rant is. My bad. Yeah. No, Washington screwed me. I don't know when Deshaun Jackson started influencing the minds of young football players to drop the football at the goal yeah. line, but that's that's another fight for another day. That Washington, hosed both of us. Nine and that a half. A great job. Would have been Washington Huskies. Would have been thirteen and a half as the points at the end, and I would have been fine. But no, we had to flash for the cameras. I would have ripped that kid's scholarship on the spot. Steve Logan definitely would have. He takes everyone's scholarship away, <laughs> including <laughs> yeah. Phillips. Yeah, exactly. He's running in the parking lot. I'm sure I'll lose it three times in the next Steve Logan might have thrown him in the lake. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, like, there's a definition of, like, Talk hey, the they're ball. kids, they make mistakes. Like, don't get me wrong. We've all made mistakes on the playing field. But yeah. That is not the definition of he made a mistake. There's a definition of he's a moron and should never be allowed to play football. If you think your name on the back is bigger than the name on the front, you don't belong in the program. But Go play tennis or day. golf. Exactly. Solo sports. Football's the ultimate team game. Moving on. East Carolina and Navy. And Navy is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Guys, the total for this game started at 33-and-a-half. It is down to 30 and a half. That is disgusting. We're Iowa level, baby. I mean, this. <laughs> we, by the time kickoff gets here tomorrow, the total may be in the twenties, and a truly Iowa special. I mean, thirty and a half. What? Like, there are teams that score thirty points in a quarter. There are, and definitely thirty points and a half. Not ECU and not Navy. No. So, all right, Navy is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, I mean, to me. <sighs> I think this is one of those games that you do throw the records out the window. Yeah. And, like, I think there's so much pride on each staff. I think the teams are so familiar with one another. This has kind of become a robbery game. I, oh, I do 100%. feel like that. Um, it's just, just – I, I just can't pick ECU against Navy, man. I really think there's a good chance East Carolina wins this game. It's going to come down to turnovers and big plays. Like Otherwise, it's going to be pretty even across the board. So can ECU avoid the explosive play defensively, and can they maybe get one on offense? We haven't seen a whole lot of that. And Navy at home, senior night or senior day, with it being a noon kickoff, they're still playing for bowl. I'm going to go with Navy here, but wouldn't surprise me if ECU like just wins this game yeah, okay. like 14 to 6 or yeah, something. Cover your tracks. Joe. This is the week of all weeks where the records don't matter, and I go set it best. But we need to remember that Andrew Conrad was 5-for-5 last week on kicks, and they were over 46 yards. Andrew Conrad was 5-for-5 last week. Yeah, that's that's what's coming down to this. Because when you look at it, and you look at this game, and you look at how low the points total is, and you remember two years ago the heroics that were involved, and... The crow hop of a kick that ended it. You remember that kicking is what's going to determine this game. And I don't want to bring up last year. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to even discuss how the field goal didn't go in. But this is what you look at, which is why I'm taking East Carolina by two and a half, and I'm taking the under all in one go. I know. I am on the record for saying that life is too short to not bet the over. But this is one You're of those taking games. under on a 30 I'm and taking half. the under on the 30 and a half. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking ECU points. How many touchdowns in this game? Well, uh, so one. Philip, you go first. We'll discuss that. 
You know, it was funny. At the beginning of the year, you two picked Navy to win this game. I picked ECU to win this game. I said, and just like every ECU win over Navy, that it was going to be 38-35 to with an Andrew Conrad last-second field goal. I do not believe there will be 73 <laughs> points scored in tomorrow's game. I am going at Midshipman 10, Pirates 7. I have it flipped. I have Pirates 10, Midshipman 7. So we're going, I think there's going to be one touchdown scored as well. Combined. I no, think, wow. You're saying like I, ten to I think, three? I think Navy comes out either second half or that first run and either trick play or they line up in some odd formation that you just can't you can't get corrected, so to speak, and they hit like one of those cheap touchdowns and then after that it's just nasty set. Yeah, I'm going thirteen six Navy. I think one touchdown and ECU will make some drives. Donnie Kirkpatrick talked about it. They're really good in the red zone, so like you almost have to hit some explosive plays yeah. to score on them. And I have heard Javius Bond could be back more full that's, capacity this mm-hmm, week. That's that, where that makes me feel better if that happens. If, <laughs> but, if he plays, give him carries if he's back. We yeah. don't need another Keaton Mitchell Ravens situation where he's getting one carry in the second half. Eight carries? Come on, Harbaugh. What are we doing? They couldn't block for him. They needed a bigger back who could break tackles. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, I just don't know why. I've, as soon as he gets the ball, there's two guys in the backfield. Navy yeah. this year has made two kicks over 40 yards, zero kicks over 50. Their field goal kickers are 6 of 10 combined. I'm not sure which one of these guys has kicked lately. I'm going to guess Nathan Kirkwood is he's 4 of 5. I think it's Kirkwood. Looks like Kirkwood, yeah. He's 4 of 5, but again, 2 of 3 over 40. So we'll see if it comes down to that. Maybe the kicking does play an ECU's advantage. Robert says 17 to 6 midshipman is his prediction on YouTube. All right, Michigan. 19-point favorites at Maryland. Guys, this is the week. I want to do something so dumb. That Michigan doesn't cover the spread. And I'm going Maryland here. And I wouldn't be shocked if Maryland wins. This is a consensus stupidity pick because I believe the same thing. Michael Loxley, who was named – I can't believe I'm actually going to use this. The Associated Press Big Ten Midway Coach of the Year. Is that a thing? That was actually something they tweeted. That was actually something he was awarded, yes. Is going to find a way, especially with no Harbaugh on the sidelines now, which is confirmed. There's going to be some late game situation where the acting head coach is not going to be familiar with how to handle the clock, how to handle a situation, how to handle the burn chart. And that's where Maryland is going to make their mark, which is why I'm taking the Terrapins, the fighting Latrell Scotts, who's currently the running back coach, and I'm taking the Terrapins points. See, your point, Joe only comes into play if the game is close in the first place, which it will not be. Maryland has been abysmal since their bye, losing at Northwestern, losing at home to Penn State 51-15, to and then beating the crappy fighting Matt Rules 13-10 to last week in Lincoln. There's still Anson, love belt, there for, uh, and buckle, Matt lock Rule. of the week, Michigan by 30. Go Blue. There's still some love lost there for Matt Rule, I can tell. I can, well, I also I grew up with my dad who's a Colorado fan. I hate Nebraska, as it is. And I'm then a, you know, Matt Rule, yeah, no. Heck with the Cornhuskers. I think Michigan is easily my most least like college team now. I'm, yeah, I'm over them. I mean, this whole let's, let's play the victim card because we cheated and got caught is the saddest thing I've ever seen. And props to them for having a great football team. Cheating or not, they're good. They're talented. 
I just, but it, I mean, what are we doing? It's I don't remember what team was it that was. Oh, it was uh, Georgia two years ago. It was like who picked us to win? You're the number one team in the nation. Everybody. That that's what angers me. If you want to have the victim complex and woe is me and oh look at us, we're so beat down and hurt. You were the number three team in the nation. You're Michigan. Act like it. They have as I mean, they make enough money off ticket sales to fund their entire athletic department. Yeah. So, I mean, and by the way, did y'all see the story? I haven't read it yet because we've been on the air. Uh, Ross Dellinger tweeting, NCAA presented Michigan evidence that points to a UM booster who goes by Uncle T. as <laughs> That's like the most booster thing ever. As having, as having partially funded the scouting scheme and an assistant coach, now fired Chris Partridge as attempting to destroy computer evidence. Sources tell Dan Wetzel and Ross Dellinger. So, but they're the go. victim. Yep. But they're the victim. Free Harbaugh. This sounds like some Watergate evidence. stuff. This like, is, yeah. I am like totally having flashbacks to Richard Nixon. And it, look, if an assistant coach is out there trying to delete evidence, you don't think the head coach knows about it? No, 100%. I mean, this is so stupid. Harbaugh tried the injunction. They were like, listen, we have the FBI involved. There's a letter. There's a 15-page manifesto. And he went, all right, all right. I'll take three games. Biff Bogey just tweeted 14 minutes ago, I'm extending an open invitation to Jim Har- Harbaugh to join me on the sidelines for the next two Charlotte football games. It would be my honor to stand next to you again as we did for three years. What are we doing? Oh, that's hilarious. Tweet, that would be though. funny. That's I kind of hope he does. I hope he just like. I hope they can like he, bring him out on a float. And he does yeah, like a beauty queen wave to the Charlotte crowd. Can he wear Charlotte gear? Like, is that allowed? Like, I wonder what the contract stipulates. Because it's the yeah. same guy who used to buy his khakis at Walmart, and then once he kind of established himself, now he's wearing blue Jordan pants again. As so as, no, he will be staying at MJ's house in Charlotte or condo <laughs> or whatever, and he's going to come like head to toe, toe and just like Jordan gear. Yeah, waving to the he, Charlotte crowd. Hi, 49er fans. It's the smallest stadium I've ever seen. Hi. Hosting a bowl game. Hosting a bowl game, 10,000. All 9,000 people. Hola. So Charlotte plays Rice tomorrow at 2 and then God. at USF, 7.30. So what the, a barn burner. The USF game wouldn't wouldn't uh, compete. with. I can't imagine uh, Harbaugh skipping out on Michigan-Ohio State. Yeah. This I don't know what time the Maryland game is. I think it's a noon kickoff, actually. So yeah, I think it's back-to-back nooners, yeah. So he would have to miss... The end of Michigan's game to rice to watch. When they're up rice by thirty, it's not going to matter. Anson Belt and Buckle Lock of the Week right. by thirty. Doesn't matter. If Harbaugh's there tomorrow for Rice Charlotte, I'm going to lose it. I will lose my mind. All right, let's continue on with our picks. Utah is at Arizona. Arizona's had a surprisingly good year. This is a surprising top twenty-five matchup. Arizona's a one-point favorite. And I've been on Utah all year, and I'm going to stick with them. I mean, they're not good, but. Like, they've had a bad year, and they're still ranked, what, 22nd? Last week, they yeah. covered against the Huskies. Yes. And I'm going to go Utah again. I think Arizona's good, but I like Utah, and I, I just think when you bet against them, they do well. That doesn't make any sense, Joe. Do <laughs> Tell I don't know people, what I'm saying. Where's this game being played? I go. Arizona. It's in Arizona, which is why you bear down the Wildcats, who are playing complimentary football, possibly the best football I've ever seen Arizona play with my own two eyes. I've heard stories of the greatness that happened well before I was born, but this is probably the best Arizona team I've seen in my lifetime, which is why I'm taking the Wildcats. I don't think Utah can match the offensive production. We saw what Arizona was able to do against Colorado. We've seen what Arizona can continue to do when they're put into these situations, and they score the football. 
They find a way, whether it's three points or seven points, they find a way to get in the end zone or to score on offense. Give me the Bearcats. Wildcats. I, I know, I know the Wildcats, Wildcats, but like bear down. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Wildcats <laughs> as well. Look, Utah this year, it has been very says bear down. I know. I know. It has been very clear they are not the same team without Cam Rising. The only ranked win they have is over UCLA. And that it was, was fourteen to seven. Bad. Right now, Arizona. Look, at the beginning of the year they were playing good against bad teams, but let's read off their last four games: win at Wazoo, win against Oregon State, win against UCLA. All those teams ranked, by the way, and then win last week in Boulder on Senior Day against Colorado. I know Colorado's kind of bad. Do they have any seniors? They're prime. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> like the, last the one. Game. The one guy. The last home game in the 100th season of the Colorado Stadium. <laughs> By the way, guys, but I got the I like the or I like the Wildcats. Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, not to cut you off, but any any chance I have to gloat, I have to take it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go do what you got to. Colorado is four and six. I told y'all they would not make a bowl game. They finished the season at Washington State at Utah. Y'all call me crazy. Four and eight. Wow. They're looking at four and four and eight. That's real. There's still a chance. There is a chance. But There's also a chance, might I add, that they get five wins and then the committee finds a way to put them in. Just because they have they're Colorado. Yeah, but all the Pac-12 bowl ties are going to be going to be all linked up hey, in all these games. So, put them in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. but um, Send them to the Bahama Bowl in Charlotte. Oh, my goodness. No, it's, it's been rough, man. Like They started so good. And then they were no exposed. Line. I mean, they, yeah. no they freaking demoted Sean Lewis for – Pat Shermer, who I saw OC the Broncos for two terrible years, he was awful. Yeah, they, they when so. they lost to Stanford, honestly, they should have cut the program. A, Stanford's the worst team in the Pac-12. They lost to Sacramento State, and then on top of that, like you were up by like forty or something like that at halftime. Sacramento State's not a bad program, though. That's where the, you lost to Sacramento State. <laughs> You're Stanford. That's where their head coach came from. That's I know, but you had guys like knew. I know, but you had guys like Andrew Luck and. John Elway, so historically great. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying State. Jimmy Garoppolo went to North Illinois State. Like, yeah, and Adam Thielen went to Minnesota State, but it's not what we're talking about here. No, I'm just saying like there's there's talent in programs. Bruce Willis says, "Can we make?" He says Johnny football. I'm guessing he means Joey football. Can we learn how to type in the comment section, please? <laughs> Can we make Johnny football the announcer at Dowdy Ficklin? Uh, so assuming this, I would love for Johnny Menzel to announce games at Dowdy Pick. <laughs> Johnny football. I, I think he's busy, but yeah. Joey football, would you do it if they I, asked you to take the place of the the, the great Morgan Aylers? I, I don't know if I could do that. He's he's such a legend, just uh, a consummate professional. Also, he's Bruce, a great guy. Bruce Willis also says Stanford has the best receiver in the nation. He abused Travis Hunter. They he is pretty good. Have you heard good. of Maserati Marv? They still should have scored in the second half. Colorado and yeah, Maserati Marv. Is on Maserati the Marv, which we're we're gonna get to that next week. Don't yeah. don't get me started from now because I'm I'm a known Ohio State hater. Like I'm yeah. hammering the Buckeyes. I thought Maserati Marv's dad was good. Oh I saw him God. play. I would hate Ohio State. Honda McCord. I do hate Ohio State, but I hate Michigan more now. So now yeah, I, I never thought I would get to this point. I I'm actually going to root for Ohio State next week. Same. North Carolina is at Clemson. Seven and a half point favorite are the Tigers. And UNC, extremely lucky to win last week over Duke. Got some fortunate calls in a crazy game. It was a lot of fun to watch as a nonpartisan uh, fan. What did you think of that game, Mr. Dukey? 
Um, <laughs> I was very proud of the Blue Devils, the way they hung in. I thought they were going to lose 17-3. to That uh, young, true freshman quarterback, I think, has a future as a college quarterback. Yeah, he's not well. bad. Uh, and uh, defense wasn't as good as I thought they would be, but also they got put in some tough spots. Um, when you get going here, we're way behind. Yeah, we are. But uh, I was proud of the Blue Devils. <laughs> and uh, Carolina was like, I saw these people taking like pictures on the field after the game. Like They were so happy. It's like, I get you just want a rivalry game, but you just barely beat a third-string quarterback. They let every single – every year, the seniors are allowed on the field at the last UNC home game. That's like a tradition. So I understand what there you're saying. random but people on that. I know yeah, people everybody gets to the storm field. the field. That's what you're allowed to do. Like yeah. last home game of the season, everybody gets to go they on the field. They don't have a home game anymore? There's two more games left. No, they play um, at oh, Clemson, Clemson and at, at State. State. Okay, makes sense. All right, sorry. We, we get here. I told y'all we weren't doing NFL today. I wasn't lying. Um, all right, so they're begging you to take UNC here. Seven and a half point spread. I'm not going to fall for the trap. I'm taking the Clemson Tigers. Give me Clemson at home, Joe. Debo is a walking senator. He just hasn't decided to go for office yet. I'm taking UNC. I'm taking Mac Brown. Drake May is going to establish why he's the best quarterback in the draft. Clemson's bad. Carolina's the worst. Give me the Tigers. Washington is at Oregon State. Oregon State is a one-point favorite despite uh, Washington being top five and unbeaten. And I think it's a good call by Vegas because Oregon State is the better team and they will win on their home field. Give me Oregon State. Washington has been flirting with disaster here these last few weeks. I think this is the week it comes crashing down. Beavers. This is concerning because I'm taking the Beavers as well, and I'm worried that we're going to have a consensus pick, and we all know what that means. Phillip. Ditto to everything Igo said. Give me the Beavers. Great. So take Washington. Awesome. Washington will keep its unbeaten season alive <laughs> another week. All right. We got to get a break in because we are indeed running way behind. That was a long segment, but a fun segment. We will be back. We'll make NFL picks on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes! That was so good! 194.3, the game. Welcome back in. Hoist the Colors. Friday show. Joey Football Friday. Not a Johnny Football Friday, but no. a Joey Football Friday. I wish I was Johnny Menzel. He's pretty cool. Coming to Dowdy Ficklin next year. Johnny Football <laughs> on the PA. Alongside Morgan Aylers. Nice, uh, nice yeah, attire. We'll get to it. If you're watching on uh, well, the stream. Philip told me I can't continue my get up until the Jets win again. So I, I will stand by that. He's got new get up. He's got a, yeah, uh, a, a get-up. Brees Hall jersey and a Jets hat. All right. So we got to go through some of these picks. So, we, by the way, before we do that, not to delay any further, but Philip, do you remember? So last week, my Anson belt busted. I had the Vikings losing to, I had a two week. Guarantee. I had them losing to the Saints and the Broncos. That busted already. More on that to come. Do you remember Joe's Anson belt last week? No, I don't remember his or mine. I just remember okay. mine. Both of them didn't hit. Yeah. So none of our none of our locks hit. We'll try to complete or we'll try to change it around this week. All right, Cowboys ten and a half favorites at Panthers. I don't know why, but I'm going Panthers here, and I feel incredibly stupid saying that. But it just feels like the Panthers stink. But they're going to pull out in a competitive game here and find a way to compete and lose by less than 10. Joe. Can't believe I'm doing this. I'm taking Dak Prescott. Give me the Cowboys. Here we go. All right, go. My gut feeling is the Panthers keep it close. However, my boy Jalen Brooks, high school teammate, is a little uh, down the depth chart due to a stacked receiver room. Very good. Shout out to him. First four career NFL receptions last week. 
I got I got to do the pick so that my boy can get in the game and get some real burn. So I say the Cowboys cover and Trey Lance hits Jalen Brooks in the end zone for a touchdown late That'd in the game awesome. to win by like twenty four, and I could see my boy catch his first career NFL touchdown. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And does did I read right that Frank Wright is retaking yes. the play calling duties? Yep. Yep. Like what are they doing over there? Sucking. I don't know. We gotta go. Let's just burn through these next few so we can get to the You don't want to talk about it, Philip? <laughs> no, seriously, we got two more commercial breaks and we don't have time. Oh boy. Steelers at Browns. Browns are one point favorite. I'm going Browns, even though they don't have a quarterback. Joe. Kenny Pickett, this is what Pittsburgh does. Philip. Uh DTR looked awful in his first start and he still looks awful in this game. Give me Pittsburgh. The Jets are at the Bills. The Bills stink. But they are seven-point favorites over the Jets. Joe, lead us off. This is why you must take my Anson Belton buckle lock of the week. The New York Jets are 8-0 when Brees Hall scores a touchdown. It becomes 9-0 this week. He scores the Jets win. Anson Belton buckle lock of the week. So confident I'm actually wearing my Anson Belton buckle. Which we won't show on camera. But Bills. It's a PG show. Two losses in a row. They're, they were incredible after a loss. They lost to the Broncos somehow. And two losses in a row. I think they bounced back here. I'm going Buffalo. And Josh Allen finally quits throwing the ball to the other team. Phillip. Yeah, I'm with you there, Buffalo. Vikings are at the Broncos. Sunday night football. This is my Anson Belton buckle lock of the week. Again? I am doubling down. The Denver Broncos will end Josh Dobbs' winning streak. Anson Belton buckle lock of the week is brought to you by Anson Belton buckle. Are you game day ready? Visit AnsonBelt.com backslash ECU and check out their great collection of holeless belts, including ECU officially licensed buckles, which Joe is wearing. Bingo. Anson Belton Buckle, the official belt of ECU Athletics, also gave $10,000 to Team Boneyard. Order it now. Support that company. Thank you, Anson Belton Buckle. Philip and Joe, let's hear your thoughts on this pick. Can you take me higher? Yes, you can. Josh Dobbs scores, wins. Vikings. Broncos. Eagles at Chiefs. The Chiefs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This is the game of the year. Rematch of the Super Bowl. Chiefs at home, I'll never go against them, especially at home in November in a night game. I'm going Chiefs, Joe. If you look at what the New York Jets did to the Chiefs and what they did to the Eagles, the Chiefs came out on top and looked a lot better, so give me the Chiefs. I'm going to listen to this game on the radio so I don't have to look at stupid Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's parents the whole game, and I will hear a Chiefs victory on the radio broadcast. My girlfriend's already fired up for it. Oh, my goodness. You want to come over to my house and let's do it on the radio so you don't have to watch it with her? <laughs> no. I got XM, man. We can get that working for an FM station, but you know what? I got it, and we're we'll, going to listen on that. We'll see how that goes. Scott Lorbatcher says, is it 2003 or backwards jerseys back in? Man, me and Nelly, trendsetters. Remember that. Trendsetter Joey, Johnny Football, whatever his name is. We'll have more with him on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors. We'll wrap things up later. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. There he is, the voice of Mike Houston. What do you think the pregame speech will be like tomorrow, A lot of expletives, fourth quarter dogfight, knock him out late. This isn't going to be one of those little pillow fights. This is a brawl. This is grown men going against grown men, trained killers against us. Is that really what he says? Yeah. Trained I mean, killers? it's the Navy. I mean, there were literal trained killers across from you. Like we we played Diego Fago. He was like, "That's a that's a future Navy SEAL at linebacker right now." He was a bad dude. Go yeah. scoop him. Most of those guys end up being Marines. Yeah. But or Delta Force. Whatever. They shouldn't they be better football players forces. than you guys. They shouldn't. 
But they're disciplined, man. They don't commit yeah. a lot of penalties. Man, that, penalties. that's such BS, man. They commit penalties. They just don't get called for them, Philip, because they're the Navy. That's my that's my feeling. That's I watch this game every year, and I'm like, how many cheap shots are they going to get away with? Army Navy is really when you see the cheap shots. Guys yeah. just go head over heels. I can't wait till we pick that game. I'm fired up. America's game, baby. America's game. There's one thing to pick. <laughs> it's the most important game hour. of the year. We'll spend an hour previewing that. 40 minutes of me talking about Army, Navy. And we're going to have 30 seconds to do our NFL picks like we did this week. That's fine. we'll waste all of our time on Army, Navy. Made it That's work. Good. That's going to be me next week. I hope you're prepared for when we talk about Michigan and Ohio State. And you want to talk about your Jets Black Friday game? I hate Michigan. An hour before kickoff. I'm coming out publicly. I hate Michigan. So next week, by the way, full disclosure, we will be recording next week's show on Wednesday, but it will air Friday. So can we pick the Egg Bowl then? Because that's played on Thanksgiving. Because we're recording Wednesday, or you want to treat it like we're gonna see? Be in the future? I, I don't know if we're gonna li- if we're gonna debut the video along with the radio play on Friday. So we'll probably stay away from picking the Thursday game. But we could pick it off the air okay. or earlier in the week because we may have you let's on pick early it in the Tuesday. Week. Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Pick Tuesday. Tuesday, we'll have the uh, man. It's it's how was the college football season already almost over? Because November. But this it just felt like we just started. We were just previewing Michigan ECU, and we yeah. didn't know that that's, that's Connor Stallions had already scouted ECU's entire two years ago uh, system. That's how it goes. You, it you just wake flies up, by. You sit there. It's the first day of team camp. Next thing you know, it's senior night. That's how the season goes. But then, like the NFL still is like halfway over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just two bye weeks. It's crazy. And four preseason games. They're not now. two bye weeks. You brought that up earlier. You're like yeah, the Jets have had one of their bye weeks. Where are you inventing the <laughs> second bye? There's two bye weeks. There's not two there's bye weeks. Not. If you're the darn one seed, there's two bye weeks because you get a bye before the playoffs. He was already thinking that the it Jets were going to be number no, one. No, no, no. It's in the CBA because they extended it to an 18-week season. There's two bye weeks. Eight, no, now there's 17 games. You play that randomly dumb 17th game now. We'll we'll do this off air. I'm telling you there's two bye weeks. You are on, on some good stuff. I really want to know <laughs> hey, who you're That's the Rogers ayahuasca for you. Yeah, Quiet. this is he's, bad. We're manifesting. He's coming back. Unless he's coming back. You stick to the X's and O's. I'll tell you the rules and how many games there are. Please, ref. Please. Unless you're counting the Thursday game and the off weekend. No, I'm I'm telling you. We'll, do we'll, look we'll look at the schedule. There's, there's a bye week before the season now because there's less preseason games. That so there's be a week is, before then. the season That might be where starts. my brain's at. Yeah. Labor Day weekend, nobody plays. Yeah. We'll, we'll check. Well, there's nothing to check. <laughs> no, there's, <laughs> there's one there. bye week. <laughs> we have to check if Johnny Football can confirm this because Joey Football clearly can't. Johnny Football doesn't know what's going on either. <laughs> Bruce Willis says, I go as a conspiracy theorist. No, Bruce. Joe is a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, He's trying I to am. make up the fact there's a second bye week. I'm going to have a foil exist. hat on next week talking about how Aaron Rodgers is coming back in December. This man lives in an alternate universe. He's going to think the Jets are taking a second week off and they're really just losing to the Bills. Didn't, you, didn't there used to be two college bye weeks, though, like back in the day? There did. There okay. did, yeah. And uh, I'm kind of glad there's not because I'm ready to get the season over with. <laughs> yeah. I thought you just said you were upset it was I said it's hard coming to, believe. to an end. Yeah, I'm okay. not mad that it's There's over. Igo covering his tracks once again. I did, hey, you got to play both sides. That's what I, you learn. I know it well. All right, Joe. Go appreciate Pirates. it, man. And, Philip, thank you as always. We got to get out of here. We will see you Monday. Pre-game show tomorrow as well. We'll see you in Hoist the Colors on Monday after a Pirate victory. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things Eagles.